Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Happy NFL free agency. The day finally got here. We had movement. We've got drama. Everything that you could want and more. Welcome in to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We're going to get to some of the movements and decisions and everything else of NFL free agency. But first, what would NFL free agency be without a little bit of late night drama? Late last night, just two hours ago, early in the morning or late last night, I guess, depending on where time zone you're in, Jimmy Garoppolo went on Instagram and said, so grateful for my time in New England, peace out. Boston, and he posted a picture of himself beside the Lombardi Trophy. Well, everybody freaked out. Everybody said, well, what in the world's going on here? It's now been up for over two hours. The picture is still up. There's no comment elsewhere. Reporters wake up in the middle of the night, start trying to make phone calls, figure out what's going on. Ian Rappaport says, a little over a half, uh, spoke to, a little over a half hour ago, he said, spoke to someone close to Jimmy Garoppolo who had no knowledge of any trade, and believes it's a hack. Alas, it's now 5.26 a.m., and we're all up. Well, a lot of you are up, too. We're up early. Uh, Pro Football Talk says that they believe it is a hoax as well, but the post is still up on Instagram at this exact moment, and given how the Patriots behave, who knows? Maybe somebody did pony up and was willing to give a first-round pick, which is supposedly, or two first-round picks, or whatever the hell, 
the Patriots were saying they were demanding in order to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, it seems like a strange thing to be hacked and post. So grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. Now, I was kind of curious, how often does Jimmy Garoppolo go on Instagram to begin with? And look, I'm not an Instagram guy because if you're on Instagram, it seems to me all you end up doing is looking around at hot chicks. And I spent enough time looking at hot chicks already. Every time I get on Instagram, I just fall into a black hole of hot chicks, just clicking from one page to another. I think that's really the only reason Instagram exists. I believe I'm correct in this. Jimmy Garoppolo is not on Instagram that much. In other words, he posted six days before that, and prior to that, he posted four weeks ago. So in the last month, he's only put up two Instagram posts. So it's very strange that he would be hacked, and if he were hacked, it's very strange that this is what he would put up. I'm just kind of baffled by this whole thing. Now, NFL reporters are saying he is hacked. Usually when a guy like this is hacked, the post comes down almost immediately, but now it is after 6 a.m. on the East Coast. You know that Jimmy Garoppolo's phone is blowing up. There are tons of people texting him. There are tons of people saying, what are you doing? Why is this Instagram account on? Unless he just turned off his phone when he went to bed and posted this thing, or he's been in bed all night and he just turns his phone off and he has no idea what goes up on his account, it's a very strange story. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo on Instagram Puts up, so grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. Reports that he's been hacked, but that's an odd thing to hack, and it now has over 9,000 likes on Instagram. Like I said, what would the first day of NFL free agency be without drama? So we are going to be following this story throughout the show, obviously, and we will see whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo can wake up and make sense of this story in some way. Thank you all for coming in here. Second hour of the show. I want to tell you this right now. You need to know that we have got Ice Cube on for the entire second hour of the show. And I am telling you right now, it is phenomenal. Even if you aren't at all interested in music, even if you aren't at all interested in movies, I guarantee you that you are going to be intrigued by this interview. I thought he was fantastic. He was, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it at all. Jason Martin, Danny G, any, either of you guys heard the interview yet? I've heard bits and pieces. I can't wait for the rest of the world to hear it all. It, it, is, it is really good. Um, and most of that, obviously, all that credit goes to Ice Cube for spending the amount of time with us that he did yesterday afternoon. Uh, it, it went so well that it ends with Ice Cube saying, spoiler alert, that he wants to come hang out in studio someday and just sit in studio. So, again, I'm telling you guys right now, uh, Ice Cube, if you're, if you're, maybe you're not a pop culture guy, Ice Cube, uh, legendary, iconic rap star who also has then since transferred uh, his, his rap game over to movies. And he has made some legendary movies from Boys in the Hood when he made his acting debut, uh, The Fridays. Um, you run down the list of all the different movies that Ice Cube has been in over the years. And uh, I, I think you guys are going to be really impressed with that. So that's going to be an hour or two. Um, but it's NFL free agency, so we're going to dive in. Obviously, prior to the Jimmy Garoppolo uncertainty, the drama that surrounds that, the big story of the day was the disappearance of Brock Osweiler from the Houston Texans. 
And this felt like an NBA trade where essentially you're just doing it for the money. And it's a total acknowledgement on the behalf on behalf of the Houston Texans that they blew it with the contract that they gave Brock Osweiler because they effectively were just begging somebody to take this contract. And ultimately, they got the Cleveland Browns to take it, but they had to give them a second-round pick, which when you break it down, really, the Cleveland Browns are just paying $16 million for a second-round pick because I believe they have not still decided what they're going to do, the Browns, that is, now that they have Brock Osweiler. Yesterday, what do we try to do on this show? We try to make you money. We have gambling experts on. I try to give you gambling picks. By the way, two 20-to-1 oddsmaker uh, picks. I gave you Vanderbilt and George Washington. Both won their introductory rounds in the uh, tournaments. Vanderbilt looked incredible. It would not shock me at all if Vanderbilt ends up winning the SEC basketball tournament. We'll see what they do today against Florida. I gave you George Washington. George Washington's been playing well. Stole one late against St. Louis, who's awful. But GW now, I think, going to get into the semifinals. We'll see whether we can get any wins there. Those are 20 to 1. But yesterday, we had John Campbell from Odd Shark on in hour one. And in hour one with John Campbell, we sat down and we said, okay, what, uh, what plays do you like as you consider how NFL free agency is going on? And he said, well, you know, think about where Tony Romo is going to go. And I looked up the odds and I said, look, if you think Romo is going to go to either the uh, Denver Broncos or the Houston Texans, then this is a play that you should make. Because if he goes to either one of these places, and we're pretty confident he's going to go to one or the other, their odds to win the Super Bowl are going to come down precipitously. And I'll tell you this, I, I was blown away. The minute that the news broke that Brock Osweiler was being traded to the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans' odds to win the Super Bowl went from 40-1 to 1 to 15-1 to 1 offshore. So if you listened... If you listened to us yesterday on the show, you had an arbitrage opportunity, put a little bit of money down on a huge underdog, you have already got a really good deal moved. I did it. I went in and I said, you know what? I'm going to put some money on the Houston Texans and on the Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl, betting that there might be a a way that this line moves if we find out where, when we finally find out where Tony Romo is going to go. And it looks like right now you have to make him a substantial leader in the clubhouse. It looks like the Houston Texans are going to get Romo. And I think if the Houston Texans get Romo, they are the second best team in the AFC. The New England Patriots are the best. The New England Patriots are probably going to be the best every year that Tom Brady trots out on the field. But the second most likely team, in my opinion, if they can keep him healthy to win the AFC is the Houston Texans. That offense with a decent quarterback, they've got great wide receivers, I believe. If they've got a healthy Tony Romo who is able to stay healthy, then I think 12 or 13 wins is what the Houston Texans are able to put up. And I think that puts them solidly in the number two spot in the AFC. So if the Houston Texans can pull this off, if they got rid of Osweiler, if they can get Romo into Houston then I think it puts him at number two right behind Brady, sets up potentially a New England Patriots against Houston Texans AFC title game. Now, there's tons of things that can happen between now and then. Romo has obviously had all sorts of health-related issues, but I like the gamble on health as opposed to the gamble on is the guy a good quarterback or not. 
In other words, if I'm a Texans fan, I'm sitting around this morning, I feel so much better about the idea that we've got a quarterback that only challenges keeping him healthy as opposed to we've got a quarterback, the only challenge is he sucks, <laughs> right? Of those things, that's the option that I would prefer. We'll open up phone lines for you guys, 877-996-6369. Again, I want to tell you, you're going to love Ice Cube in hour two. We are going to continue to track this Jimmy Garoppolo Instagram post. Reports are that he was hacked, but it's still up now for multiple hours, moving up on 615 on the East Coast, went up in the middle of the night. What happened? Why is it up there? What a strange thing to post if you hack Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, if you're just getting into your car, if your alarm's just getting going off and the first voice you're hearing is mine, late last night, Jimmy Garoppolo's account, and it is still up. So grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. He put that up two hours ago with a picture of himself beside the Lombardi Trophy. It is still up. Reports are that he's been hacked. But if he's hacked, why is this post not down yet? We'll find out. We're detectives. We're tracking this for you all day long. I want to tell you all about my friends at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Enter the AutoZone, rev up your refund, instant win game, and sweepstakes for a chance to win $30,000 or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends 4-17-17. Must be 18+. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Off and rolling here. First full day after NFL free agency began yesterday at 4 o'clock Eastern. News was dropping all day. If you question in any way the NFL's dominance of the American sports landscape, NFL free agency totally dominated what should have been and what used to be one of the two weeks of the year when college basketball really matters. Conference, title game, tournament week used to be huge, right? Used to be a huge week. Now, totally thrown to the side in favor of NFL free agency. The conference basketball tournaments are going on this week. We will talk next week about the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament comes out on Sunday. But other than that, I know we're on in Louisville, Kentucky. It's kind of a fascinating study. So good morning, Louisville up there. It's kind of a fascinating sports study. I saw the data come out on college basketball TV rankings. Louisville, Kentucky is by far number one. I would make the case to you right now that the only state in America that cares more about college basketball than the NFL is the state of Kentucky. The other 49 states, and that includes North Carolina, because I think the Panthers have become bigger based on television ratings by far, than even North Carolina, NC State, Duke, everything that goes on in the Tar Heel State there, and Indiana. And that's not just because Tom Crean is destroying things in Indiana right now. I think it's because the Colts are the biggest team in the state of Indiana. I think it's because the Panthers are the biggest team in the state of North Carolina. The only state in America that cares more about anything else than football is Kentucky. Kentucky. 
the they love basketball more than anything. The ratings reflect it. The other 49 states are all in on football. And I guarantee you, if you are doing local sports talk radio today in any of those 49 states, everybody's leading with the NFL. Just about. Unless there is a team right in that town outside the state of Kentucky, everybody's leading with the NFL. Uh, continuing to update the Jimmy Garoppolo Instagram account. Welcome to 2017. WBZ News Radio spoke to the Patriots this morning. We were told they have no comment. Huh, this is interesting. As to whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo has been traded. That tweet 31 minutes ago. The drama continues to build. Oh, and I just have my guy Jason Martin frantically hitting a refresh here on the Jimmy Garoppolo news. If you're just getting in your car, you're just starting out your day late last night or very early this morning, depending on your perspective, Jimmy Garoppolo went on Instagram and tweeted, and the tweet, or sorry, and posted, and it's still up, so grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. Now, a couple of different reporters have said they believe he's been hacked, but it has been up for multiple hours now. As Boston wakes up, Again, WBZ News Radio. Is that the Patriots' official affiliate? Do we know that, Jason Martin? No, I'm not sure about that. It's, it's it is in Boston, but it may be WEI that's actually the Patriots' flagship. Look, look up that there. up if you. W- okay, yeah, the the Sports Hub is their station, so it's not their official station. I think WBZ are they the ones that have the Celtics? The only reason I recognize that is maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, WBZ News Radio and they 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 tweeted spoke to the Patriots this morning. We were told they have no comment as to whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo's been traded. That tweet was sent 30 minutes ago. If the Patriots are issuing a no comment, that makes you think that maybe the trade has happened, right? Or maybe the Patriots are just trying to drive up the price. I don't know. Who knows with New England? That's the story. 877-996-6369. Let's go around the horn. Jason uh, Martin, what do you think? Do you think he's been traded? I don't know, but these these two indicators, if they actually did speak to the Patriots, and obviously they wouldn't have tweeted this if they hadn't, why would the Patriots not immediately dissuade this if it wasn't the case? And I guess there's two ways to look at the Instagram post. One is who's going to tweet that or Instagram send that post out at that time in the morning, basically at 3 in the morning, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. And then on the other side, you know, he could be asleep and he hasn't seen this, but it seems hard to believe he wouldn't have been awoken by now. And the fact that that post is, as of right now, still up boggles my mind. Like, if that was a hoax and the Patriots have already been contacted about it and they know about it, one would think they would have had him take that down, right? You would think that 100%. Danny G, your thoughts? Yeah, it's really fishy. If that was a hack, that I don't think that would still be sitting there on Instagram. It's very strange. Again, the great debate. Has Jimmy Garoppolo been traded from the New England Patriots? We'll continue to chase that down. I think we got some callers in here. Let's go to Cole in Louisiana. Cole, are you sober? What's up? Are you sober? Uh, negative ghost rider. <laughs> so uh, what, what's up? Are you gambling? What are, what are you up to? No, nah, man. I've got a... Uh statistics midterm uh here in a couple hours so uh i've just uh you know i've been been up for about 16 hours you know grinding trying to make plays trying to uh get prepared 
But, so you're uh, on no. are are you drug are you drug uh, addled right now? Are you on the benefit? You must have some some drugs in your system, right? You got some Adderall. You got something going uh, powering you through. No, of course not. Of course not. All natural. <laughs> All natural this morning. So are you buying into Jimmy Garoppolo being traded? What do you think's going on with the Instagram account? I am. He's he's definitely being traded. Uh, like. Jason was saying, if the rumor wasn't true, it definitely would have been taken down by now. Uh, and I've, I've got kind of a uh, an interesting insight into that. I lived in uh, in Cleveland for seven years, so I, I know the pain and the suffering of being a Browns fan. And they've had 24 different starting quarterbacks since 1999. They've had four Heisman – four of those were Heisman Trophy winners, you know, with Manziel, RG3. Vinny Testaverde, Ty Detmer. And so this Brock Osweiler thing is boggling my mind. And I don't know if they're just mismanaged that badly or they're trying to work out some kind of deal to get Jimmy G. Because I think he could actually be successful in Cleveland. It's an interesting question. Thanks for the call, Cole. Is there a method to the Browns' madness or – is Jimmy Haslam just so rich that he's perfectly fine with paying $16 million for that number sec- that second-round pick, and worst-case scenario, they just cut Brock Osweiler? Or worst-case scenario, they play him, know that he stinks, and they stay in the running for what I think is the smartest move if you don't have a star quarterback right now and your team's not very good. Just tank for another year and see if you can get Sam Darnold who I think is going to be the overall number one pick, the USC stud quarterback, I think he'll be the overall number one pick in the 2018 draft. I I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Again, this was NBA-like in terms of the Houston Texans had to give up a second-round pick to get rid of Brock Osweiler. That's how bad that contract was. But if they do that and they free up the space to go get Tony Romo, it's, it's money well spent. And here's the other question I have. What happens if the Browns cut Osweiler under the CBA? Could the Houston Texans go back and re-sign him and get him for $3 million a year? I know he's still counting on the cap space, but is it possible for if you trade him and now the Cleveland Browns have the obligation of his $16 million contract on their books and then they cut him, could Osweiler come back to the Houston Texans and they just save themselves 13 or $14 million? I don't even know if that's possible. Intriguing situation there. Uh, let's go to Keith in Kentucky. Keith, what's up? Hello, Clay. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Well, I just called a compliment to show it's unbelievable, everybody involved. Well, I appreciate I that. Believe, Thanks a lot. I believe if uh, Brock Osweiler goes back to Houston, Texas, they'll burn the towel down. <laughs> they don't want him, but I. It, it's just if you if if they the Houston Texans swing and miss on trying to sign Tony Romo, are they really going to go with Tom Savage for the entire season and then have no real backup? I mean, I guess they can go into the draft and get somebody, but that seems like a, a kind of a questionable move, right? I guess they could go sign Jay Cutler. There's a lot of guy RG threes out there. There's guys they could pr- probably go sign that potentially are going to be available. But it just seems like a strange move if they don't get Romo, which is why I said take the Houston Texans at 40-1. to 1. I think Romo is going to be in Houston. I agree. And one more question about 
I've been a Chicago Bears fan since I was a small kid, unfortunately. And, of course, 85 is the last time we've really done a lot. But who is Mike Glennon? Where does, <laughs> I mean, we get rid of Jay Cutler, and then we just we, we, we sell a rusty wheel and go buy another one? It's a strange move. Thanks for the call, Keith. I, I said this yesterday on the show. I would rather have Jay Cutler than Mike Glennon. At least Jay Cutler has been there in really big games. Now, I understand the argument that there is a, there's a case out there to be made that Mike Glennon's ceiling is higher. You haven't seen him play that much. He's been on the bench for two years. There were other teams that were suitors for Mike Glennon. Nobody was willing to pay $15 million a year like the Bears are. But there were people who were willing to pay evidently 9 or $10 million a year. And to me, though, why not just keep Cutler? Pay Cutler for another year. Go draft a young quarterback. If you're going to have to choose between Cutler and Mike Glennon. And here's my bigger question for the Chicago Bears, who've been looking for a quarterback forever. Why not just tank this year? Why do you want Mike Glennon so you can win five or six games and go 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 when you can sit around, suck for the entire year, and be in the Sam Darnold sweepstakes? I'm all in on Sam Darnold. I think he's the next top five quarterback in this league. I think he can't miss. Now, we'll see what he does this year. But I've already bet on him to win the Heisman Trophy. I love what he's going to be capable of at USC this fall. And then I think he's going to come out and he'll be the number one overall pick. He would be the number one overall pick if he were able to come out this year. So in a league where only the quarterback matters, if you have a chance to go get a complete difference maker in Sam Darnold, why would you spend $45 million on Mike Glennon, and potentially take yourself out of the Sam Darnold sweepstakes. Teams, you know, it sucks to lose, but if people feel like your team has a strategy to get better, and that strategy is we're hoping to be able to go get the best quarterback to come out in the draft in the last several years, and we think he can plug him immediately and he's going to be great, that just makes a lot of sense to me. 877-996-6369. We'll take your calls when we come back again. Ice Cube, second hour. You are going to absolutely love everything about this Ice Cube interview in hour two. Hate to brag, but it's superb. All right, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier And I can't believe I have to keep saying this, but I want you guys alive. I want the ratings points. I want you out spreading the evangelism of Outkick the Coverage. Here we go. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. You know you're dominating the world of sports media. When you now get paid, I'm getting paid to tell you guys, don't get hit by a train. There are people paying this show so I can tell you guys, hey, don't get hit by a train. If one of you gets hit by a train and you listen to this show, it's entirely on you now. Because every morning for the last week or so, I've been starting off your day by telling you, hey, knuckleheads, don't get hit by a train. And people are still getting hit by trains. They're not outkick listeners trying to save people's lives. Uh, a lot of you reacting on Twitter. Let me hit some of these. Uh, at, at Dave Caldwell says, if you're hacked, they probably change your password. So how would you take it down? First of all, Dave, you're thinking as if you are not a famous person. If a famous person gets hacked, then Instagram immediately takes care of it, right? 
I'm infamous, very low-level fame. If my account gets hacked, Twitter's on it immediately because Fox is on it immediately because the New England Patriots are on it immediately. Every famous person has recourse to get directly to the company itself, and they reset it, and you go back in and you say, ha-ha, I was joking. A.J. Parker with an interesting theory here that I just retweeted. Theory. Jimmy G wants out. Trade deal very close. Tweet was sent to use as a leverage on the Patriots. Hashtag chess, not checkers. Woo. Now that actually has some interest to me. Because that's that's actually really fascinating. Because that would explain everything. Then Jimmy Garoppolo's friends can say, oh, we think he was hacked. But the Patriots would know really what was going down. And then the Patriots would be like, we're not going to comment on that. That actually has some potential legitimacy there. I like that theory. I like that theory. We'll see. Patriots evidently saying no comment every minute that this goes by as the East Coast wakes up and this post remains up on Instagram, the more I think it was an intentional move. It's now approaching 640 on the East Coast. What do you think about that theory, Jason Martin? The idea that Garoppolo wants out because he's tired of being a backup. Maybe he's getting a multi-year contract extension worked out by his agent as a part of this deal, and it's close, and he's trying to make it happen to push it over the finish line. I mean, that's very, very intriguing. Um, little conspiracy theorists there, but it does. It would definitely make everything add up better than it does now. Either way you look at this story, there are holes in it whether you believe he has been traded and it was a legitimate post or whether or not you don't. So that kind of plays you in the middle. And I like it just about as good as all these reporters using the word probably and saying it was probably a hoax. I don't know what you gain by doing that. Like, why don't you just back off for about 20 minutes, continue to work your sources. We're going to find out soon enough. There's no possible way Jimmy Garoppolo's not up right now, right? Like, there's no possible way that he hasn't had his phone blown up to the point or his friends haven't knocked his door down Whatever it is, he couldn't possibly be asleep at this point. That's why the only, I can't believe this thing's still up. Only way he could be asleep is if he doesn't have a home phone and he turned off his cell phone when he went to bed, right? Because there's a lot of people who do that. In the middle of the night, he sent that tweet. You know, he put out that Instagram post, and then he just went straight to bed. And he's got his phone off, and there's no way to reach him because he doesn't have a home phone. Like, I don't have a home line in my house. And so if I turn off my cell and my wife turns off her cell the only way that somebody can reach me in the house is by coming and knocking on my door. So, But if I were the Patriots, that's where I'd be right now. I'd have a staffer going to his house, knocking on the door, saying, what's going on here, if it were totally mm-hmm. made up. Let's go to Kevin in Knoxville. What's up, Kevin? My God, Kevin, are you in a windstorm? Not at all. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we got you. Perfect. There we go. What's going on, man? How you doing? Living the dream. I've always got a good uh, good day. Here we go. What's going on there with you? you? Well, man, I'm getting married tomorrow, and I figured there's nobody in America that could give better advice than the man himself, Clay Travis. All right. How old are you, Kevin? I'm 27. How old is she? She's 26. Okay. All right. All right. So, well, first of all, congratulations on the marriage. Did you outkick your coverage? Is she hot? Yeah, she's hot. She's hot. All right. So, where are you going on your uh, your honeymoon? We're going to uh, Sandals, Jamaica. 
Oh, nice, nice. That's a good. Uh, yeah. That's a good move. We're big in Jamaica. You might have heard yesterday. A lot of people downloading oh, the podcast in Jamaica. Oh, I did. You, got, you but, guys are you guys are cleaning up down there. Yeah, killing it in Jamaica, Nigeria. A lot of people really upset by that because they think I'm racist. And then there's just black people all over Jamaica and Nigeria signing up for the podcast, big time. All right. So my advice to you. Thanks for the call, uh, Kevin, and congratulations in advance. Um, I've been married now for 12 years, I believe. I got married when I was 25. And my advice to you, and this goes for anybody who's getting married, um, is understand that you are not going to have any really serious decisions to make for the rest of your life now. I do not know anything that goes on in my house. My wife is the absolute dominator of this house in terms of anything. You don't have kids yet. My first advice would be you're 27, she's 26. Don't have kids till you're 30, all right? My advice to everybody out there is do not have your first kid until you're 30. Because your kids are what make marriages stressful. When you're just 27 and 26, save up money, take a lot of trips, just the two of you, because you can go do all sorts of fun things. Once you have kids, you don't go on vacation anymore. You go on family trips. That's a big difference. Vacation, you guys go off. You're going to Sandals down Jamaica. You can have an incredible time. That is phenomenal, okay? You're going to have an incredible time. Uh, The other thing I would say is there are several things that I should say about wedding advice. And I think I've written a column about wedding advice. Maybe I need to pull it up. But the other thing that I would say is just chill out, right? It's just the two of you. Don't get too worked up about things. Don't get too worked up about things and and enjoy yourselves and don't have kids until 30. Your wife is going, until you're 30 at least. Your, your wife is going to, she knows exactly when she's going to have kids. She's got everything planned out so perfectly. Most guys, and I always say this about weddings, most guys have no real thought given to their wedding at all, right? You show up there, you haven't spent years thinking about it. Every woman who's getting married from the time she was like five or six has been in her head planning what the wedding is going to be like. Most guys literally have no plans at all about what the wedding is going to be like. And you just kind of stumble up there in a tuxedo. When I went to my wedding, I had no idea what was going on. I was like a deer in headlights. I had just finished taking the bar exam. My wife planned the entire thing. I, I The only thing I knew was where I needed to show up. All I needed to do was show up and say, I do. I knew there were butterflies going off at the end. That's pretty much it. My wife took charge of every single detail, and it worked flawlessly. That's what I do. Get out of the way. You're already in the wedding process. If you're engaged right now, she says she wants you involved. She really doesn't. She just wants you to agree with every decision that she's making. Don't get in the way. I'm Clay Travis. Congratulations. No kids until 30. You'll be happy. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Next hour, Ice Cube in with us for an entire hour. I'm telling you guys, it is going to be fantastic. Buckle your seatbelts. You're going to love it. I believe we got Doug Gottlieb calling in. He's also going to give wedding advice to Kevin in Knoxville. So you get two for the price of one national radio show host. Gottlieb, what's up? I just thought you butchered a lot of things there. I mean, here I've, I've seen you with your wife. She's beautiful. You outkicked your coverage. And I just, you know, like, and I know you probably weren't prepared for that. It wasn't a prepared segment, but there's so many things you missed, my man. What do you got? I went and looked. I've got 10-piece wedding advice up on all that in a bag of mail that I did a few years ago. So let me hit a couple of these really fast. Go for uh, it. Let's see. 
Uh, remember when your wife used to regularly wear nice lingerie to entice you? Those days are over. Your television habits are about to change, Rob. She gets control of it. We interrupt this marriage to bring you football season. Your wife's going to be upset with how much football you watch. She understands. She says she understands it now. She doesn't. Men are not complicated. She's going to find out that most of everything that she wants you to do can be, can be handled if it's involving sex. Your wife's going to constantly try and resolve all your couple issues. These couple issues are never going to get resolved. That's, one, that's probably number one. Women are always convinced they can solve relationship issues. You're always going to have issues. They're never going to get resolved. You are who you are. She is who she is. Try your best, but they're never going to get resolved. Uh, she's always going to be there. I feel like a lot of people, if you haven't lived together, <laughs> that's a big deal. He's always going to be there, too. Like that's You're in the house, one. and you're around each other all the time. Most people haven't done it. She's going to throw away your old clothes. I used to love my old T-shirts. One day, they all disappeared. Uh, the things that you're going to spend money on are going to change. My wife right now is in the process of trying to figure out how to get our house lit uh, better. And she came to me the other day, and she said, yeah, I got a plan done to get our house lit. And I said, okay, what's it cost? She said $25,000. And I lost my mind. I, and, and even she thought that was insanely expensive. But things like that, the first thing that I had to spend money on that I would have never spent money on in my entire life, when we moved into our place, window treatments. I was like, I thought my windows were fine. I never knew. Window treatments are the most expensive thing that I've ever seen that you don't need at all. Uh, and uh, you'll see her at some point. I always like to tell this story, and I use this for, for Valentine's as well. I said, you're going to see her at some point. This probably has happened to you too, Doug. I, I always like to use this. Steal this. If your wife is mad at you right now, your girlfriend's mad at you. Let's say you're out at the grocery store. Let's say you're out at a bookstore. Let's say you're out at the movie theater, wherever you are, and you're not expecting to see your wife. Every man is always looking at women and assessing the attractiveness of women. I, and if, you're, if, you're, right? if, you're, if, you're, if your husband or boyfriend says he's not doing this, he is lying to you, or he's gay, all right? And yeah. gay guys are yeah. probably constantly assessing the attractiveness of straight men. This is just something that men do. And you'll see your wife or your girlfriend and not know that it's her. And for a moment, you'll be like, wow, that girl's really attractive before you even recognize that it's her, right? Like you th- you're coming around the corner and you're not expecting to see somebody in public in, let's say, the grocery store. And you see her and for a fraction of a second, you just think, oh, that woman's attractive. And then you realize that's my wife. Save that line. I didn't give it in the full-fledged uh, explanation, but you can use that line whenever she's mad at you. It'll work. All right, your advice, Doug. Well, the first thing is you guys always ask married guys, like, how did you know? And my, my, my advice is, is twofold. One, uh, you know, you got to wait probably, you know, six months to a year or so. But once you, if you've been with a woman for a year and you ask a guy, like, do you know? And he's like, I don't know. Then he does know. He, he knows that it's not, she's not the one. He just doesn't want to go through all the backflips in order to break up with her, find a new, you know, find a new girl and work through all the kinks, right? Yes. So, so it's not the, well, I guess, sort of, kind of, sort of. Like, you either know or you don't know. And if you don't know, you actually do know. That's the first thing. Um, my advice is a little different in terms of just in, in linear fashion. Like, when you're getting married, there's a couple things you need to do. Uh, you, need to, you need to have her give her a, a, her own present on wedding day. Um, and you also need, this also applies when she gives birth to your child. Every child needs a push present. It doesn't have to be something ornate, but does have to, you have to have that. Women love presents, and they especially like presents when they say they don't want a present. It's very confusing, right? Like guys <laughs> say, like, I'm hungry, get food, eat. Women say something, they mean the exact opposite of what they're saying. I, I, I can't explain it. I know you can't explain it. It's bizarre, but it's accurate. Like when a woman says, leave me alone, she actually doesn't want to be left alone. I don't understand, you know, but um, – 
So, so the first thing is you need to have something in your back pocket and you have your best man. Like that's his job. You know, when she's getting dressed, come in, bring her, you know, whether it's a necklace or some earrings or just, you know, something, you know, something. We only got 30 seconds, Doug. You got to bring it home. Bring it home for us. All right. Second thing is pick out something, one thing that you're going to do around the house. Because otherwise she's going to say you don't do anything. Because I'm like you, Clay. I have no say in anything in my house. But anytime my wife says I, I don't do anything, I go, hey, babe, I take out the trash. Amen. And the third thing is pick the thing you don't want to do and do it. But do it in a way in which you know she's not going to like it, like folding the laundry. We're out. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Joined now by a guy that has been a cultural force from the moment he stepped onto the stage for the first time and probably before that. Ice Cube, and uh, I want to start off, and we're going to get all the different sorts of interesting sports stories, but I want to start off here. I know you are a huge Raiders fan. Were yes. you watching when Derek Carr got his leg broken, and if so, what was your reaction? Uh, I think I just screamed, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just kept saying, no, nah, that didn't happen. No. Um, yeah, I was... Uh, you know, I was upset because I felt like maybe we shouldn't have been passing at that point in the game. But then I looked and it was like, you know, over 10 minutes left. And you just can't start sitting on the lead at that point. So, you know, I, I got over it real fast. Yesterday, we're, we're, we're on Friday now, uh, but yesterday Biggie Smalls had been dead for 20 years. What do you remember wow. about him? What kind of relationship did you have with him? You know, I only really uh, got a chance to hang with him one time. Uh, it was a trip because it was the last time I seen him, and it was the last time I seen Easy E. You know, it was the same day, um, and um, you know, it was just a cool dude. You know, I, I didn't really get a chance to really kind of, you know, have a have a relationship with him. But, you know, from what I could see, he just seemed a dude that was kind of ready. You could tell when it's, when it's your moment, you know, you got the swagger and you're feeling it. Um, but just one of the most talented MCs, you know, that we've ever had, you know, who could put style, you know, lyrical flow, and, um, you know, hit music together at the same time. So, you know, he, he's definitely... Um, you know, force in the world of hip-hop and will always be. What do you think he would have been capable of if he had continued to live and he was still alive today? Um, you know, ain't no telling. You know, he seemed like a progressive dude. So, to me, it seemed like he would have his hand and all kind of stuff. He'd probably have, you know, do like that would probably have, you know, champagne or, or uh, a vodka or something, you know, that he was pushing. Um all lifestyle stuff I think he would be into. Um, you know, so I, I, I thought it was the sky was the limit for Biggie. We're, we're talking to Ice Cube. He's, but the murder is still unsolved. Who do you think killed him? Do you have any idea? You know, I have no idea. You know, from what I see, you know, from what I understand, it seemed like some kind of hit. Um, it don't seem like random violence. So, 
um, you know, it's, it's, you got to ask about the people who, who wanted him dead, you know, um, or the people who wanted to to get other people blamed. You know, the thing is, it's like, and it, it, it was a situation, you know, when you feud in public, you know, if somebody come knock you off, then everybody going to think the other guy did it. So it's always room for opportunists to stick their nose in there to to get the pot stirred. So you just never know. <clears throat> We're talking to Ice Cube. So you don't necessarily buy into the idea that the Tupac and Biggie murders were connected one to each other and that was an East and a West Coast rap feud. Uh I definitely don't. I definitely don't believe that with Tupac. <clears throat> I don't think Tupac's death had anything to do with the East Coast West Coast beef. Uh, I'm not sure about Biggie. <clears throat> you know, because Biggie happened after Tupac was dead. So, what uh, what kind of relationship did you have with Tupac? Um, you know, I considered Tupac. You know, as as. Not my little brother, but just a brother. Uh, you know, he was doing his thing with Digital Underground when I first met him. And when I spent the most time with him, you know, he was he was still in Digital Underground. So, you know, I knew him as a dude who just liked to have fun, you know, extremely passionate. And um, looking to, to, to find his way in hip-hop. So, you know, coming as a solo artist, it was cool to see him you know, start off with those first records, play with with Dear Mama, and then, you know, going on to work with Death Row. You know, it's like, it was just great to see him flourish as a solo artist and uh, become this mega superstar. When you think about the fact that he was only 26 when he died and the amount of records that he left behind, does a part of you look back at your own life and wonder how many times you could have come close to dying at a really young age? You're not that old of a guy now, but does it feel like a totally different world that you were in 20 years ago than now or not? Um, well, 20 years ago I was doing this, so, you know, I, I would have to go back a little further, you know, maybe, maybe 30 years ago. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, I think I can count at least three times, maybe four, where I almost died uh, from from incidents, you know, from being, you know, all the way from a kid to an adult. And um, all the close calls that I had. And um, it's amazing just to be on the other side of that. But my heart still goes out for people who have to deal with those situations on a daily basis, you know, that's still, it still fuels me in a lot of what I do, and what I, especially what I do my music about. What's the closest you ever came to dying? We're talking with Ice Cube. Oh, man, when I was real young, I got hit by a car. So, I guess getting hit by a car is one of the closest. I've been drugged by a car. <laughs> so, you know, when we was young, we jumped on the back of this pickup truck you know, just messing around. And when I jumped off, the trailer hitch caught my leg. It drug me down the street. 
lucky the dude stopped or I would have I'd have been dead. He'd have just drugged me all the way on the, onto the main boulevard. So it's like them kind of incidents you think about. Uh, me and Dre was shot at a few times. Um, you know, one in particular, we was in we was actually going to pick up pick up this singer that was singing on one of the records he was producing. And these little junior high dudes just start shooting at us. It was a trip. Uh, so it's been a few incidents where I almost died. Um, but I guess God had a different purpose for me. We're talking to Ice Cube. You mentioned Dr. Dre there. A lot of the guys that you grew up with, knowing them from nothing, are now global icons. Are you guys still interacting the same way as global icons now, you and Dr. Dre, you and all these other guys who have survived through the years? Does it still feel like you're 17, 18, 19 years old when you're around those guys, or is it a different world now when you have those interactions? Do they still, does it still feel the same? You know, And you guys are living at it on a different level, but there's a lot of guys and girls listening to us right now who have high school friends, and they go back to their 20- or their 30-year high school reunion, and it feels the exact same. And then there's other times where it feels totally different. You guys are global icons, you're celebrities, you're superstars, but when you interact, do you still feel like you're kind of kids and never have made it. How does it, how did your relationships now? Yeah, it's exactly like that, man. You know, that's what's so cool in making the straight out of Compton movie. We had, we was able to hang with each other, you know, for a long period of time, like we did back in the eighties, you know? So it was just cool to, to feel that vibe, to go through that, to have fun together. And then us going to like the rock and roll hall of fame together. And, you know, them kind of things, it make you feel like you back back in the day. You know, we all looking at each other and not believing that, you know, coming from, you know, where we came from to now, that is us. And, you know, we did it. And, you know, it's just a great feeling. And it do feel like, you know, we missing everybody but easy, but it felt pretty much the same hanging with those dudes. We're talking to Ice Cube. When you look back now, are you happier now or when you were in the middle of all that craziness on a day-to-day basis? What was the most fun year of your life? Was it when you were 19? Was it when you were 21? If you had to go back and relive one year of your life, what was the absolute most fun you ever had? Wow. You know, I've had some amazing years, man. Uh, It's hard to put it into one. But I guess the first time we went on tour – with NWA, you know, it was the first time for everything. And we had a ball, man, and it was it was incredible just to be on the other side of, you know, of the hustle, so to speak. We had been hustling so long to get a record deal. We was hustling so long to have a hit record and to have fans, you know. Um, so to really finally be on the other side of that, to have – you know, arenas that you used to see on TV, you know, packed out like, you know, the Spectrum in Philadelphia, um, to have them full of people waiting to see you. Um, it was just, man, you know, like a dream come true, but I'm living it. It's not a dream. It's, it's reality. So that, that's got to be the best year of my life, even though it was crazy with turmoil and, you know, the, the, the police was threatening threatening us everywhere we went, uh, telling us they was going to arrest us for being obscene on stage. With all that, it was still the best best time of my life. 
we're talking to Ice Cube. Do you remember the first girl who ever wanted to sleep with you because you were famous and not because you'd had to work to get her to sleep with you? Do you remember the first time where some girl, like, I always like to talk about this with people who have some fame. Like, most guys out there right now have to work their asses off to get girls to sleep with them, right? Because you got you to gotta, yeah. gotta work a lot. And then somebody get famous, and all of a sudden girls are trying to sleep with you, and the shoe's on the other foot there, and suddenly you're like, damn, I'm the one getting chased now. Do you remember that time, that happening for the first time for you, where you're like, man, she wants to bang me, and only because she knows my music? Um, you know, we... We was living a lifestyle before we got famous, so, you know, it, it's a blur in a way because, you know, some people just like the DJ and like the people that's putting the party on, you know, so we was doing that for three or four years, just going, you know, I was carrying Dr. Drake crates, you know, helping lift Sarah Vega speakers into these, you know, you know, uh, skating rinks and all this stuff we was doing. So, you know, it was always a, a constant flow, put it that way. So when we got famous, it just became more. But then I realized that I was burnt out, and you know, I wanted to kind of to kind of ease back and, and, and settle down because I we've been doing clubs and parties since I was 15 years old. So. You know, when we got famous, and then it, it just took on a whole nother level. And, you know, sometimes it just it just got too much. It's just too much. Ice Cube, I promise you it's going to get better and better. He was fantastic with us. He's here all second hour now. We'll dive back into the Jimmy Garoppolo mess as well. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, same over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ice Cube with us back on the flip side. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Ice Cube bringing us back. When you really need to be there, you really need an interstate. The car battery auto techs prefer. Let one of those techs test your battery today. Find a location near you at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. We are joined this hour by Ice Cube. And Ice Cube was just talking about how crazy his life got. And I got to know. What's the most number of girls you've had sex with in the same day? Dude. <laughs> That's a real personal question right there, man. Oh, you got to know the answer. Every guy would know the answer. It doesn't matter who you are. Eight, nine, what's the number? More than one, man. I'm going to just say more than one. <laughs> uh, all right, you're on with us for many – first of all, thanks for spending time with us. We're talking to Ice Cube. Uh, I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. You have got a really cool setup now. Uh, you're obviously a huge sports fan. Who is the athlete that you met that you couldn't believe you got to meet in person? Was there one guy or two guys that you met and you're like, damn, I can't believe that I'm getting to meet this person in face-to-face. And maybe it's somebody you grew up a fan of as a kid. Maybe it's somebody after that. Who are the couple of people you've gotten to meet in the sports world that you've been like, I can't believe this is real life? Oh, man, I was still a fan. I met Muhammad Ali. And it was like he had a few people. He was walking down the street and on Sunset. And this was outside of McCola Records. And you see McCola Records in the Stroud Compton movie is where Easy is getting the first records press, Boys in the Hood. So we was all out there waiting on him. And Muhammad Ali walked down the street, man. I couldn't believe that I had a chance to meet him. 
tell him how much of a fan I was. Um, you know, the second person that really struck me like that was, was meeting Magic Johnson, you know, meeting him for the first time, um, was just, it was the whole thing. And it was a trip because we had met during like a celebrity basketball game. So it's like, you know, me just now becoming a celebrity, being a fan of Magic Johnson, here we are on the same court. And, you know, I'm I'm receiving passes from Magic Johnson, <laughs> shooting shots. And, you know, it was just like this dream come true stuff, man, because I used to play in my backyard. I, I grew up five minutes from the form, and I used to shoot hoop in my backyard wishing somebody like Magic would drive by and come back there and ball with us. So these were fantasies I always had, and to be able to to actually hit the court with with a guy like that, uh, still something I talk about to this day. How would you break down your own basketball game? What's the strength of your game over the years? You a good shooter? You a good ball handler, distributor? What would you say you're good at? I'm a pretty good shooter. You know, um, you know my handles used to be better. I don't know what's going on with my handles. You're getting old, man. You know what happened more. to me? I was out playing pickup basketball the other day, and I couldn't move laterally all of a sudden. You know, dude just went right by yeah. me, and I was like, "What? my legs didn't move. I'm like, I'm 37. Yeah. I'm like, I used to be able to move to the left or the right, and that guy just went right by me like I was just standing there. I wasn't even yeah. moving. So, uh, but, you know, I still think I got a pretty good – it's solid, you know. I don't stop playing, really, you know, because I've I seen guys getting, like, ACLs, and I seen a dude tear his Achilles. I'm like, man, I don't want to be out here an amateur with a pro injury. That's pretty whack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Okay, so you've got six teams now. you got Threes Company, the Three-Headed Monsters, Killer Threes, Ghost Ballers, Trilogy, and Tri-State. Some of these guys I'm going to yeah. run through. A lot of people listening right now are going to know these guys. Jermaine O'Neal, Bonzi Wells, Kenyon Martin, Al Harrington, Mike Bibby, Ricky Davis, Chauncey Billups, Steven Jackson, Rashard Lewis, Jason Williams, Allen Iverson, DeMar Jackson. Now, DeMar Johnson. Now, I'm running through here, and I don't see a single white dude in the league. Is that because you hate white people or because <laughs> nah, white people man, are just bad know, at we, basketball? We got nah, – no, I love white people. Uh, <laughs> we got Jason Williams. Okay, okay, you know, I see him on this list. Chocolate white chocolate. I see him. You got Rick Barry. We got Scalabrini. Okay. You oh, know, Scalabrini. He's the ultimate he's the, white dude. Yeah, you know, white. we got the white mamba. So, <laughs> you know, we we want everybody to sign up. We, You know, the league is open for everybody who think they can still ball. And, you know, we'd love to have uh, a couple of guys that we've been, you know, kind of coveting. But some of these guys still think they're going to have a shot in the NBA. So they they telling us to hold off. But, you know, so we'll get them. All right, so you've also got Charles Oakley affiliated with this league. What did you think yeah. about his uh, blow-up with the Knicks, about how they treated him? I, I know, like you, you grew up watching Charles Oakley. You grew up watching the golden age of the NBA. What did you think of the way that all went down? I mean, I couldn't believe it, you know, because you know, these guys are guys who who gave us blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak. And, you know, we should treat them like royalty. Straight up, you know, they they sacrifice. I know they make a lot of money, but when your body's breaking down and all that kind of stuff, that money don't mean nothing at that point. So these guys sacrificed a lot for our entertainment. So to see, 
you know, not only an ex-player but an ex-Nick treated that way in the garden was just, you know, I was livid. I, it, I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, because that's what my league is all about. It's all about cherishing these guys who, you know, gave us this great play. You know, one of our coaches is George Gervin and Clyde Drexler um, and Rick Mahorn and these guys who who, who gave us they all. Um, and so I wanted to have something to prop them up. So to see one getting treated like that, you know, it was just unfortunate, man. So, you know, I hope they uh, – I, I just hope that the Knicks least treat the ex-players better because I've heard a few stories uh, that's not cool. And, you know, these guys got to know where their bread is buttered, and they have to, you know, treat the guys who – you know, made the league what it is with some respect. Big three is a new professional three-on-three basketball league. Some of the greatest NBA players. I just ran through a lot of them. They will have eight teams, five players each, one head coach, one assistant coach, all coaches, former NBA players, and you'll take place in a different arena and city across the country for 10 weeks in the summer. All the games will happen in the same day, in the same venue, creating the excitement of a Final Four all-star game atmosphere. This sounds really cool. Where did the idea come from? Well, it came from me being a fan, you know, uh, sick of seeing guys retire that I think can still play, guys who I want to see still play, uh, and they're just out the league because of, of you know, basically wear and tear. You know, these guys cannot play 82 games plus playoffs, you know, no more. They, they probably can't do back-to-backs or three games or four nights. So I, I was like, well, let's eliminate – a lot of this unnecessary wear and tear and also give guys, you know, a week to recover, you know, so their body can recover um, half court three on three opens it up and let these guys show that they still have skills that we want to see and, and matchups that you never seen in the NBA. You'll get a chance to see them now on this level, three on three. You know, Cause I used to be a guy who would pay to see, you know, Magic and Bird play one-on-one or, you know, Jordan and Kobe play one-on-one. So to see these guys, you know, um, coming out to start to play three-on-three, I think is going to give fans that same excitement. And, and we feel like as the league grows, you know, we'll have guys who are currently in the league looking at us as a viable option, you know, uh, to keep their careers going and to keep playing basketball at a high level. More with Ice Cube here on Outkick the Coverage. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Hanging with Ice Cube here in hour two of Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis, and I am trying to keep you from getting killed by trains. Yes, that's what I'm doing today. If you think a train will stop if it hits your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. That's the ultimate gig, getting paid to tell you not to get hit by trains. A guy who had a bunch of different gigs. He was Ice Cube. He moved from music into movies, and that's where a lot of you know him now. And that left me wondering, what's been tougher, the acting or the music? The acting is the hardest because, uh, you know, with music, it's just, you know, I can kind of go with what I feel. Uh, but with with movies, I have to be part of this team. 
and you know everybody's kind of working together for this one project so you know it, you know it it was harder for me you know if you compared it to um you know but but it was something I you know I was kind of dedicated to working at and you know, I always I always respected the art form so you know you come in with the right respect and the work ethic and you'd be surprised what you can you could pull off you wrote friday you've done all different sorts of things i believe there's talk of a third friday movie if i'm not mistaken have you been surprised by the cultural impact of friday when you were initially writing it did you have any idea how long of a legacy it would have i bet your own kids watch it and quote it and some of their friends do have you been impressed by the longevity that it's had? Uh, yeah, I've been very impressed. Um, you know, when you make it movies, um, I grew up watching, you know, movies and it's, it's certain movies that are just my co-classic favorites. What are your favorite uh, movies? Oh man, I love movies like Superfly, movies like Car Wash. Um, I used to, you know, I'm... Of course, I love movies like Jaws and Star Wars and all that. But like, far as the movies that really stuck with me, movies like uh, you know Uptown Saturday Night, Let's Do It Again with uh, Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby. Would you watch you know, those movies of... multiple times, or, or like yes. and go back to them? Like you're a you're a movie buff. Yeah, every time every time they came on TV, I would watch them. Uh, movies like Cooley High, and and these movies are movies that that you know we quote we love uh we you know some some movies we take the style and flavor from them and uh adapt them so as a as a actor you always want to have a couple of those under your belt so friday was like this is our attempt to have that movie that that people love us for and uh and you know thank god it all worked out will chris tucker be in the third Friday, and do you still expect to do another movie? Uh, you know, we want him to be in it. Uh, you know, we want him to be in the, in the last Friday movie. Um, but it's really up to him. You know, uh, I've asked him every time. So, so you know, if if you know if he turns me down again, we'll we'll make it without him. But for the most part, we want him in. When do you think that movie gets made? It's always interesting to talk to guys who get movies made because you're like, I could be this year, could be five years from now. Like, what's the time frame on that in your mind? Um, you know, we do what we got to do. Hopefully, we can can shoot some. You know, I don't know, man. It's hard to put a time frame on it because, you know, we had a script. Um, too much time went by, so we have. We, we got to write a new script, so, um, and it got to be good. It can't just be okay. It got to be the bomb, so, you know, we're going to take, take a few months, and if we get some, if we get a script done in uh, three to four months, and, they, and everybody like it, then we could be shooting some at the end of the year, not at a move until next year. You grew up in inner city L.A., you said five minutes from the forum, watching Magic Johnson, watching everything that happened in L.A. You were right there in the crucible moments during the riots after the Martin Luther, I mean, Martin Luther King, after the O.J. Simpson verdict. 
Did you watch a lot of the O.J. Simpson? Have you watched any of the documentaries about O.J. Simpson? Did it take you back in time? How much do you think has changed in the 20 years since O.J. in L.A.? Um, you know, I, I mean, I watch pieces of it, but, you know, after you live through it, you know, it's kind of like it just rehashes too many kind of funky memories. So um, it's just an odd case in every way you look at it. Um, and, you know, to me, I, I don't think – you know, too much has changed, you know, but technology, you know, that, that to me is the only change is, is technology is better, but you, know, you still, you still talk to people and they're still, you know, kind of polarized by this event. Um, you know, some people think he did it. Some people think he didn't. Um, and I think that debate is going to go on forever. Do you think OJ did it? Nope. Who do you think did it? I don't it? think he did it. I just don't think one man can do that much damage and not have tons of blood everywhere. Did you know OJ before that story happened? Had you met him? No. But you grew up. I mean, OJ was an icon in L.A., right? I mean, it was impossible to Without escape. Without a doubt. <clears throat> um, Without- and, and, and I'm kind of fascinated by that because you were really enmeshed in, in L.A. culture and everything else. And now we got a president, Donald Trump, right? And I'm a white guy. I'm not an expert on, by any stretch of the imagination, what you went through or what the culture that you helped to create around music. Do you feel at all like Donald Trump has embraced some of the rap culture and the way he's living his life? I'd be curious. He's got three wives. He's got five kids. He All he does is brag about how rich he is, how much bigger his plane is and everybody else is. There's a lot of bling associated with the Donald Trump brand. Do you see that at all? What do you think of him? Is there any connection that you can see between the rap game and Donald Trump? No, I don't see no connection. Um, you know, what I see is the same thing that they criticize us about, they excuse him for. Um, and, you know, to me, he's just an example that, you know, just because, you know, black men – are not the only ones that may have uh, multiple relationships or may have a few different baby mamas or this, that. It happens to all people, all cultures everywhere. But that stigma is put on us. And now that, that now that the president is living with it, it's kind of good to see that this happens to rich white men too, not just poor black dudes in the hood. So it, it to me, it's just showing that we are people. And, you know, these stereotypes are nothing but a summary of who people are. You know, people are closer to being the same than we are to being different, to be honest. Um, Ice Cube we're talking with. My theory, and I've said this on the show before, I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. My thanks to Ice Cube, who's been fantastic with us. My theory is that white people who say that they hate rappers love Donald Trump. And black people who say that they love rappers hate Donald Trump. You know, he's this weird cross-pollination factor that seems like sometimes occurs in America. And it it, it is difficult to try to get a handle on him, what he thinks, what he is. I mean, he he doesn't really fit kind of typical expectations, right? And I think that's what you're saying when you're talking about stereotypes. He's not a guy who confirms necessarily to stereotypes, right? 
No, to me, he's just uh, just seemed like an ultra rich dude who just does what he wants. Have you met him? And doesn't care about the consequences, huh? Have you met Trump ever? Um, no, I never met him. Um, I think I ran into him one time backstage, but it was kind of like, "What's up, man?" Backstage, where? Where were you? Were you performing? Some show, you know, it was like Regis and Kelly or something on that tip. Uh, would you Would you meet with him if he guest. if he wanted to meet with you? to try to reach out to, to people of a variety of backgrounds. He's met with a lot of different people. Would you go meet with Donald Trump? About what? Like, what? what is, I have what no idea. Wanted? I have no idea what he's talking to people. He met with Jim Brown. He met with uh, Kanye West. Kanye came walking down and talked to the media. I don't know what they're talking about, but if Donald Trump reached out to you and said, I'd like to sit with you and talk to you in the Oval Office, would you go? I doubt it. Because I'd like to know what, what you're going to give us, man. See, all this talking is too much. You're part of the federal government. What you going to do for for, for my interests? Um, because you know all the problems. What I'm going to go tell him that his problems in the inner city, he knows all the problems. America knows all the issues that need to be dealt with. So my thing is, like, what you going to do? I don't want to come down there and tell you it's bad in the hood. You already know that. What are you going to do? If you tell me, yo, you come to me and I'll make sure this happened, this happened, this happened, then I'll go meet. I'm just going to sit in there and just, you know, bump my gums just to sit, have somebody say, okay, thank you. We'll take that into consideration. See you later. And then you never hear from them again or whatever. So my thing is, like, y'all in position of power, yield some of that power. You know what I mean? Yield some of that, you know, allocate some of those dollars to where they need to go. And so I don't need to meet. I just need to say, well, you know, what you're going to do for these situations. Because I just think it's a lot of lip service going on. Final segment with Ice Cube. It's been amazing. Up next, I'm Clay Travis on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Clay Travis. We're talking with Ice Cube. I've got a lot more money than I did when I was growing up. Worried about my kids being soft. Ice Cube, you've got a lot more money than you did when you were growing up. Do you worry about your kids being soft? No. I don't worry about them being soft because they don't, they don't have to be hard. I mean, they don't have to be gangster. They just got to be grown men and women. And they got to, as long as they could tell people, you know, where their boundaries are, then that's fine. As long as they don't let people overstep their boundaries, then that's fine. But they don't need to be tough as me, hard as me, um, or none of that. Because hopefully they won't have to use any of that and use their brain um, to get whatever they need done. When they complain about things now, I got three kids myself. Do you ever sit down and say, and think to yourself, I can't believe you're complaining about Like everybody, every parent says, you know, I used to work uphill, walk uphill both ways to the bus. Do you ever sit down and say, I can't believe that y'all are complaining about this? I mean, do they roll their eyes about dad's stories about how tough it used to be in the hood? Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to give it to them every now and then because <laughs> they don't understand, you know. So 
if you're doing your job right, you know, kids will take you for granted, you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll expect it's supposed to be like that. And so you always got to remind them that, no, I didn't have it like this growing up. So what I'm doing is extra special for you. And they still don't get it, though, right? Because kids only realize what their own life is. Like, if they're running around at Disneyland not having to wait in lines, it doesn't mean anything to them. They just expect that that's what's natural. Yeah, until they, until they take their butt to Disneyland without you. Now they got to stand in line, and they realize what it was. But, uh, but, you know, I got good kids. You know, I can't do too much complaining. I just got to remind them every now and then that, you know, don't take, don't, don't, don't take things for granted. You know, don't take it for granted. Uh, appreciate it all. And, you know, recognize, you know, the have-nots and people who don't really have it like that. And don't be a, don't be a jerk about it. Last question for you. When you, were an ind- uh, when you were starting your rap career and everybody out there, straight out of Compton era, everybody out there, your public enemy, number one, like you said, the police don't like you, everything else. Would you have ever believed that at your age now you would be the cultural icon that you are? You would have success in movies. You would have success in music. You would be starting this new basketball league that so many opportunities would open up to you. Or would you have found that unbelievable? If I had gone back and talked to 20-year-old Ice Cube 27 years ago, would you have ever believed where you would be at 47? No, I wouldn't have believed you back there. Um, because, you know, we was just still trying to, you know, really, you know, get our footing in, in the rap game. You know, the NWA, we lasted one album. And we did singles up until then, but basically lasted one album. So uh, I wouldn't have believed that from the venom that we was receiving then to, you know, to to be able to get to this point now. Uh, I started seeing the picture a little clearer once I did Boys in the Hood and it went to the Cannes Film Festival in France. I could see that, that you know, this is not going to just be an underground career. Now it's going to be a career that's above ground. Man, I appreciate all the time. Ice Cube, this has been phenomenal. Love to have you on whenever you would come on. And congratulations on all the success, and good luck. We'll talk to you more about this uh, three-on-three basketball league. I'm impressed all of you accomplished, and uh, thank you for the time, my man. All right, no problem, man. Good interview. Uh, And I'd definitely like to come in and sit down with you and chop it up. 100%. We'll do it. That is Ice Cube, legend in so many different arenas. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369. Your reactions to Ice Cube coming up next. This is Outkick the Coverage. And, man, he was phenomenal. Final hour of the show now on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, Reaction pouring in, 877-996-6369. My thanks to Ice Cube for sitting with us for so long. It's one of the great things about this show is that we have the creative freedom to go in directions that you might not expect. 
One day you might get the creator of Saved by the Bell, Peter Engel, sitting with us for an hour. Another day you might get Ice Cube. And I thought that he was absolutely phenomenal. And if you just caught a part of that interview, it'll obviously go up on the podcast as soon as this show ends. You can go subscribe to the Outkick the Coverage podcast on iTunes. It's also on, I believe, Stitcher. For those of you with Android devices, you can go listen to that entire interview in one sitting. You can share it with your friends if you're an Ice Cube fan. I don't know how many times he sat and talked for an hour with anybody uh, over the last several years. And obviously he enjoyed it. We're going to have him in studio at some point, which is pretty crazy to end the interview with him saying he'd be happy to come and hang out in studio with us sometime. So that was phenomenal. Uh, I just thought outstanding. And and that's kind of what we do here, right, at OutKick. We'll reach out to a large variety of people from a lot of different backgrounds and just talk to them. Let them tell you their story. Let them tell you their uh, their life perspective. I reached out and we're pursuing, and I don't know if it's going to happen, Donald Trump right now. We, literally in the West Wing of the White House, they have a request from us right now to get Donald Trump on the show. He's just crazy enough to do it. I think we might get Donald Trump on the show. Thing is, you probably won't know very far in advance. You got to tune in. You never know who's going to show up. Uh, we're going to talk to Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock texted me and said, can I come on and talk? I got some stuff I want to talk about at Whitlock. Jason, probably want to get your popcorn. Uh, so he's going to be on with us here in about uh, 10 minutes. And uh, we will obviously finish off the show with I Hate You, Clay Travis, as we do every single Friday. But my thanks to you. Tons of reactions rolling in on Twitter Let's go. Uh, I'll take a couple of your calls right here. 877-996-6369. We should update you. Obviously, NFL free agency off and running. We still don't know exactly where Tony Romo is going to end up. But I, we told you yesterday, go put some money on the Houston Texans. As soon as they got rid of Brock Osweiler and shipped him off to the Cleveland Browns, the odds dropped from 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl for the Houston Texans to 15-1. to 1. Major movement there. And also, in, uh, in other news, um, obviously, we're still trying to figure out what exactly is going on with the Jimmy Garoppolo Instagram account. Uh, Ian Rappaport went on Good Morning Football and said there's nothing to it at all. It's a strange move. Jimmy Garoppolo goes on Instagram, or someone pretending to be Jimmy Garoppolo goes on Instagram and says, so grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. And it has now been up for... Nearly five hours. It's moving up on after 8 o'clock on the East Coast. So it's not that early in the morning anymore. This went up late at night. It's strange that he would decide to leave it up. I don't know the full story there, and it sounds like we may not know the full story itself. I don't believe, am I correct, Jason Martin, that the Patriots have not issued an official response so far? I think that's right. Danny G., and Robert as well. We got lots of lots of people rolling in on the phone calls, but there's no official response yet. Yeah, nothing official yet coming out of Boston. Uh, other than the fact that the Patriots had declined to comment. The only thing I'll say about this is, remember we had the big debate about whether or not Bill Belichick had actually written the letter that Donald Trump pulled out the night before the election in his New Hampshire rally? And we came on the next morning and I, we played that audio of Donald Trump and we said, I think it was on election day, on election day, we said, is there any way that Bill Belichick actually wrote this letter? We put it up on uh, on our poll question on Twitter, let everybody roll in and vote on whether or not they believe that it was real. And the vast majority of you believe there was no way Bill Belichick wrote that statement to Donald Trump, wrote that letter. 
and then something wild happened. The Patriots declined comment. And you start to say, well, that's kind of strange. Maybe they don't know whether he wrote it or not. Maybe they're trying to figure out the full story. Well, reports are that the Patriots have declined comment on this situation surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. So we had a, a listener tweet me, and he said his theory was maybe Jimmy Garoppolo thinks he's about to be traded, and he's trying to make sure that it happens. I don't know. I don't know. But it, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, still sitting, only played a game and a half, looked great, but he's still the backup for the Patriots, and we don't know exactly what the overall impact's going to be. Still kind of interesting to uh, to break down. Uh, I'll read some of your comments here on uh, on Twitter. Wow, Clay Travis, that was mesmerizing. Totally lost track of time and space at Ice Cube. You're incredible. Uh, this, there's tons of awesome interview with Ice Cube. Uh, great interview with Cube. Great interview with Ice Cube. I'm just reading uh, directly from my Twitter feed. Boys in the Hood, the greatest movie. Out of the park today. And a lot of you tagged Ice Cube as well. That's always great. I don't know if Ice Cube actually checks his Twitter handle. My guess is no. It doesn't hurt to tag somebody and tell them you enjoy and appreciate them coming on the show. I always say that. Uh, the thing that you can do to uh, to advance the show on social media is when you enjoy an interview with somebody, go tag them. Out of the park today on Ice Cube. I could listen to Ice Cube talk all day. Awesome interview with Ice Cube. Love the show. Best sports talk show ever. And uh, great interview. These are all brand new. Great interview. Outkick with Ice Cube. Clay Travis keeps outkicking the coverage. And this just became the best hour of radio just ahead of the Peter Engel interview. You should do an hour a week like this every week. And uh, lots of, uh, all, almost all positive, almost all positive. Cube interview is great. Disagree on OJ, delusional there. Love to ex- see how he explains all that evidence. And you know, only one negative comment anywhere on Twitter, which is rare. Jarrett Beeler says, not only are you so white, speaking to Ice Cube, you're so disrespectful. What are you doing? Exclamation point. That is Jarrett Beeler. Brooks in L.A. Brooks, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Travis? How you doing? I'm excellent. Oh, man, I caught your interview probably in the middle of when you started talking about the three-on-three basketball tournament. But I did want to ask you, did you ever ask you, since you are now filthy rich, what is your take on the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, and would you be a uh, supplying partner on help furnishing the stadium? That's yeah, you know what? It's, it's a... It's a good question, and I should have asked that, and I didn't. Um, I should have asked him what he thought. If I were redoing it, right, I would say uh, he's obviously a huge L.A. sports fan, and he's a huge Raiders fan. What does he think about the Rams and the Chargers both coming to L.A.? How would he assess that? And also, what does he think about the Raiders moving to Vegas? Would have been good questions. But he's saying so many other interesting things. You know, we kind of started off the interview talking about the Derek Carr injury, and that's probably where I could have followed up and uh, and asked him more about the Raiders. But I thought the Magic Johnson talk and everything else that he was diving into was more interesting, honestly, uh, than what he thinks about the Raiders in, in Vegas. Clay, if I might jump in, and, and not to try to speak for Cube, but I have seen him on TV, I want to say maybe a month ago, and when he spoke on the Raiders in Southern California, his comments were he really wished that the Raiders were the team that had come to Los Angeles. He thought that it would have been great for two teams to be here. Uh, like the Chargers and the Raiders together, rather than you know the Raiders needing to to go to another city. Well, you're a big Raiders fan. That's not a surprise, right? Everybody no, not, in L.A. wants the Raiders back here. Of course, you know. And also in that same TV interview, I saw he pointed out that it's basically going to be like another Raiders home game here when the Raiders are playing against the Chargers. 
So you go to you go anywhere in Los Angeles, Clay, and you see tons of Raiders gear. You see Raiders stickers on cars. Uh, obviously, the sporting events, the the signings, like when they have Raider legends sign at some of the sports shops here, the lines are like a mile long. So the Raider fan base in Los Angeles has just thrived all these years, even when the TV networks were trying to shove the San Diego Chargers down our throats. It didn't matter. Raider fans stayed loyal. And so just the, the hugest football fan base in L.A. remains the Raiders. Good stuff, as always. Jason Whitlock, again, I said we're going to join him. Let's go ahead and take a break here. If you enjoyed Jason Whitlock from the Super Bowl, we haven't had him on since the Super Bowl. I think you're probably going to want to get your popcorn. Good talk here about me driving ESPN crazy with my article about their business collapsing and more coming up with Jason Whitlock. Let me hit this ad as we go to break. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is a confident show. I'm Clay Travis. Southkick the coverage. Up next, Jason Whitlock on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Whitlock on with us momentarily, but first, time for the Geico play of the day. UCLA won a tight one last night by two over USC in the Pac-12 tournament down in Vegas, but in the process, Bryce Alford made history. Ball will come to the near side, go to the far side. Now Alford, wide open three from the corner. You betcha! Bryce Alford has just become the all-time leader for UCLA. Most threes ever for a Bruin. That call courtesy UCLA Sports Network from IMG. Bryce Alford now with 319 made threes in his career. That's the most in the history of UCLA basketball. That's a rich history. Impressive for Alford. The number three Bruins will be a tough out in the NCAAs. That's your play of the day presented by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier and a guy who's never easier uh, necessarily because he's uh, always throwing grenades, a little bit like me. He's Jason Whitlock, at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. How shook did I make ESPN this week, Jason? <laughs> yeah, you dropped a bomb. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of meat on that bone. It's not just you shook up ESPN. You shook up the media that is basically ignoring what you called and what I agree with, one of the biggest stories in sports. Uh, you know, the struggles that ESPN is having, uh, if ESPN is falling, which, you know, I, financial troubles seem to indicate they are, this is far bigger than CNN's collapse. Uh, ESPN has been a television juggernaut that has printed money uh, for a long time and has had just incredible influence over the sports world and to see it have these types of problems and struggle and to see the media uh, basically ignore the story and not really probe it and mine it for uh, the great content and just trying to inform sports fans about what's going on at ESPN in a real way is, is rather embarrassing that the media is that lazy or that inept. Why do you think other people other than us and aren't taking note of the trouble that ESPN's having? Because for the last 20 years, ESPN has been the destination for sports writers, and so people have been very, very careful about what they say about ESPN because they hope to work at ESPN someday, 
And so ESPN has been able to really control the narrative about its story, uh, and that's why you know people have been so upset with you because you know you you're kind of uncontrollable. <laughs> is that a good or bad thing that I'm uncontrollable? It's, it's a great thing. The media is supposed to be uncontrollable. Uh, you know, it, it's an awesome thing. Jason Whitlock, follow him on Twitter at Whitlock Jason. He's got a television show, Speak for Yourself, on FS1. I think it's the most honest show on sports television. Why has ESPN made the decision to go so left-wing? This is something that we talk about on this show that I think a lot of listeners agree with, that there's sports talk and then there is sports talk with a clear agenda that's designed to be motivating people from the left-wing. And I think it's clear that ESPN's made that move. Why do you think they've done it? Uh, I, I think there's a lot of factors that have all come together. Uh, you know, one, I think the politics has invaded everything. And I think the left figured out years ago and put things in place like, oh, well, you know, sports and sports culture has not been political, but it has promoted conservative values if you really understand the values taught by coaches and taught through athletics they're really consistent with conservative values now they're not political conservative or they're not intended to be political but again the values taught in sports tend to be really conservative and i think the left figured that out and said hey we need to move into the sports lane and push it more our direction. And so I I think Barack Obama's relationship with ESPN was a calculated move uh, by by a smart politician and the people controlling Barack Obama to understand we need to plant a a stronger flag in the sports world. Uh, And then I, I think if you look at the recent stories about Bob Iger, who runs Disney, he's been in conversations about running for president in 2020 as a Democrat. And so if the head of Disney has made his politics known and where he where he leans left and democratic uh and then if you if you and I have a great deal of respect for John Skipper but you know he's made his politics pretty clear to anybody that works at ESPN that he leans left and democratic. And so if the head of Disney and the head of ESPN both lean left and have made that crystal clear to anybody that's paying attention, then you just let nature take its course at a corporation. If the boss wears three-piece suits, you're going to start seeing a lot of the employees wear three-piece suits to curry favor with the boss. If the boss uh, love soccer, you're going to start seeing a lot more employees have an affinity for soccer. If the boss politically leans left and democratic, you're going to see a lot of other executives mimicking that, and you're going to see, you know, from Iger and Skipper, you're going to see them hiring like-minded people. I, I saw yesterday a story on uh, the awful announcing. It was, it was like, oh, my God, because Bob Iger was asked by shareholders this week about ESPN's political bias, and I think the L.A. Times wrote about it, and awful announcing comes up with a follow-up piece 
saying? Uh, 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 John Skipper would have to orchestrate some kind of conspiracy where he told all of his employees to lean left. And it's like the dumbest thing. It's like it's written by an idiot that doesn't understand corporate culture. All the boss has to do is say, this is what I like, this is where I lean, and then nature will take its course among its his employees because, you know, corporations are very political and people kiss the boss's ass to move up. Uh, so the, there is no grand conspiracy. There's just two guys at the top of the organization that have made their politics well known, and in order for people to move ahead or people think that in order to move ahead there, their politics need to be in line with their bosses. We're talking to Jason Whitlock at Whitlock. Jason, I completely agree with you there. And I think it's fascinating that ESPN, which is a, a sports network, would say we want diversity of appearance, but we don't want diversity of thought. And I think that's a big flaw that exists in the media today. People want a colorful palette for television, or they want a colorful palette for the corporate photo, but they want everybody inside of their head to think the exact same. Isn't diversity of thought more important in terms of running a successful business than diversity of appearance? Well, I, I don't know what's more successful, but I do know what's more appropriate, diversity of thought. Uh, and, and, and I get the whole, as an African-American, I, I get why uh, we uh, want diversity of appearance as well. And it used to be uh, that appearance was also an indication of diversity of thought, but we've moved so far in this country with assimilation that appearance a lot of times doesn't indicate uh, a diversity of thought. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot of like-minded people, and ESPN uh, has valued uh, diversity of appearance over diversity of thought, and one because you know the public kind of falls for it. It's like, oh man, look, everybody looks different, and they have a woman and a black person on this show, and therefore everybody's represented. Well, th that's just not accurate and true, uh, and it's just not fair. And, it, and in my opinion, it's not healthy. Uh, for democracy, it's not healthy for independent thought. We've become, uh, social media has really helped accelerate this, but we've just become a nation of groupthink. And groupthink is not what made America great. Uh, it's not what, you know, made us the most powerful country uh, on the planet. You know, we were founded on independent thought and, and diversity of perspective and, and freedom of choice and a lot of these freedoms are being taken away because you just you have a group of assimilated thought police that are demonizing anybody that thinks differently than them we're talking to jason whitlock watch his show speak for yourself on fs1 he's at whitlock jason on twitter it's interesting and by the way hi to all the espn people who are listening right now i can see right into your brains and right into your cars and right into your life there's a ton of people listening right now from espn and a lot of those people from ESPN listening agree with us because I will tell you that there are so many people who are on air at ESPN 
that as ESPN has continued to move towards the left, they're doing exactly what you said. They say, I voted for Republicans every now and then. I am terrified to even mention the fact that I am willing to vote for a Republican in this company because I think I'll lose my job over it. Because there is a clear reward being given to people who are the farthest left wing. The more outspoken you are from a liberal perspective, the more promoted you become, the more ESPN gets behind you. And I think that goes to your point, which is John Skipper and Bob Iger, the president of the CEO of Disney, as well as the president of, of, of ESPN, they have made a calculated decision that they are left wing. And whether they realize it or not, a lot of people have gotten in line behind them. And as a result, you have a lot of conservative people at ESPN who didn't feel comfortable saying, I disagree with Colin Kaepernick's protest, because if you try to say that, you get crushed, and that's not how you get promoted in that company. Instead, you say, oh, he's the Rosa Parks of the NFL, and you get rewarded. Well, listen, and I'm going to contradict something I said earlier, because I, I said, well, I don't know if it's bad business or not. I do think it's bad business, particularly when you operate in this sports lane, which, again, sports had been and has been the place where everybody comes into the stadium or arena, whether you're gay or straight, whether you're black or white, whether you're right-wing or left-wing, Republican or Democrat. Sports had been the place for everybody. It was the true melting pot. And so you can look at uh, these media companies, the Fox News, the CNN, the MSNBCs, and they preach to small little niche choirs. And that's perfectly fine and probably good business in their lane. But in the sports lane where everybody comes, to go this far left is bad business. And uh you know, and so trying to uh run ESPN uh in the fashion that it's being run has actually been bad business and right now is costing people jobs uh, as, you know, the business has been run poorly and people have, I'm not sure if they've had like a hardcore business person in control who who's making sound, sound business decisions as opposed to uh, decisions that are based in some hypothetical theory of how we think a company should be run in terms of diversity. And so uh, ESPN, I think at some point, somebody in the media is going to take a look and, and perhaps wonder, has this company been run appropriately? Has it been run into the ground? And is this costing people jobs? Uh, and so this is where this eventually leads, when you're not making sound business decisions, when you're not th- thinking about, who your audience is and how best to serve them instead of trying to force your values and your perspective on the audience. You should be serving the audience. You want to stick with us for another segment? We've got a one-minute break here to go to trending. No problem. All right, we'll stick with Whitlock Jason. Uh, reach out to Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Twitter, ask any questions during this break. Right now, let's find out what's trending. More with Whitlock on the backside. Outkick brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And all you knuckleheads driving out there this weekend, if you think a train will stop, 
If it sees a car on your tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Bring in Jason Whitlock. You know we're dominating the media arena, Jason, when I'm getting paid now to tell people not to get hit by trains. <laughs> so don't get hit by trains. I need the ratings points. All right, so you just hit on all this uh, this interesting media environment, the left-wing move of ESPN, uh, Bob Iger addressing the concept at the shareholder meeting. He's the CEO at Disney. Hello to all the Disney executives listening as well. And again, shout out to all the ESPN people listening. So, Jason, here's my question. Why doesn't FS1 take advantage of this huge left shift from ESPN? Well, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people listening to this right now, probably hundreds of thousands, that are saying, you know what? I love Clay Travis. Clay Travis tells it like it is. He's right down the middle of the road. Ratings are up 20,000%. Why wouldn't FS1 just go right down the middle and get everybody else who's not a far left-wing sports fan, which is the vast majority of the population, instead of also running the same game plan as ESPN? Had I known you were going to ask that question, <laughs> I would have bounced <laughs> So that's my position. You dodged the question. Here's my position. <laughs> FS1 has got this huge arena, right? This huge arena to play in. My philosophy is this. Just take advantage of what the opponents are giving you. Instead of trying to run towards darkness, in other words, you're trying to create a hole on the field, and you got the, the, the line totally blocked up, and you're running right into the same line of scrimmage over and over again, why not go right down the middle, take advantage of all the people on the right side of the country who are saying, you know what, I'm tired of hearing that Caitlyn Jenner is the greatest human being on the face of the planet, that she deserves an ESPY. I'm fine with the Michael Sam story, but I don't need to hear that Michael Sam is, is the next Nelson Mandela because he decided to, to say that he's a gay football player and just run right down the middle and give people sports and entertain them. That's my philosophy in general. Jason, you guys do a great job on Speak for Yourself, you and Colin Cowherd as well. Uh, what's the philosophy of your show? What are you trying to do every day for people who haven't watched it? Well, I, I want to talk about Jason Whitlock and what I'm trying to do. Yep. And... You know, I, I was raised in the church, uh, in the black church, in the small inner city church, and I was raised as an athlete. And, you know, I'm trying to reflect that. Th- those were the foundational pieces my family, my parents put in me, raised in the church, raised as an athlete. Uh, I'm trying to reflect that, that culture. And those cultures, again, it's not political because I'm a non-voter and I know that irritates people. It certainly irritates people in my family. I'm not a political person, but I am someone that was raised in a conservative sports and religious culture. And I just try to be a reflection of that. I happen to think that most of the people involved in sports, in a real way, from peewee football and peewee baseball on up. Uh, if you go, if you did a poll, you would find that the majority, maybe it's 70%, maybe it's 51%, I don't know, but the majority of those people, church-going people, a little bit conservative, get involved with Little League sports as a ministry and as a way of helping young people, uh, so I believe at its foundation, sports culture is conservative. And so I just try to reflect those values that are consistent 
with my upbringing in sports culture, uh, that's the point of view I try to bring to the table because that's where I think most sports fans are uh, at, at their foundation. Those are the values taught in sports. Uh, now, am I, again, again, I'm not a political conservative. I don't think I'm a political or anything because I think a lot of different thoughts. You know, I believe in gun control and don't like the NRA. Uh, there's, you know, I'm, I'm, if you've read my work, you know, I'm really big on uh, trying to correct mass incarceration and all. So I'm not some law and order conservative person, but again, I do believe in the conservative values taught in sports and taught in the church, and so I just try to be a reflection of that and try to add that element to speak for yourself. Some people say I'm a right-wing ideologue, that I'm an extreme conservative. You know me pretty well. Is that a fair characterization? I don't think so. Uh, I think in this current environment where through Deadspin and Gawker, the conversation in sports has been snatched by the far left, uh, you come off as conservative in this environment. But if we went back 15 years before Deadspin punked ESPN, and you know, I, I don't think you would be, you know, I think you'd be considered a, you know, a, a hardcore moderate. Uh, but in this current environment, uh, where you know, again, everything is so far left in the media, yeah, you probably come off as conservative. Got one time for one question for you. I'm going to finish off uh, w- with you here. Speak for yourself. Again, I'd encourage you guys to go watch it on FS1. It's a great show. Uh, Jason Whitlock, Colin Cowherd. Where do we go from here? What's going to happen? Can we move further left? Can Twitter take more control over the conversation that American sports fans happen that, that they're having? Or do we come back to some form of sanity? What do you think happens now? I, I think we're in the process of a course correction because, again, I, I think some of what has been going on just isn't sound business. And so businesses are going to start to fail uh, because they haven't pursued a a sound path. The, these This hardcore leftward swing of uh, of some of these businesses – is causing major financial repercussions. And then I think if you look at at the election of Donald Trump, that's a reaction to uh, we've gone way too left, we've gone way too PC, uh, we've ignored the middle of the country uh, way too much. We've demonized people and name-called them and called them racist when they're really not. They're just reflecting the values that they were taught growing up in the church, in sport, wherever. Uh, And so I I think there's an uprising going on on both sides. But uh, I I think the people in the middle, and particularly the people in the middle of the country, I'm betting on them that they're going to win uh, because I think they're more right than the people uh, on the far extremes. Uh, and the people on the coast. Uh, so I, I think we're just moving towards a course correction where uh, eventually the American media is going to have to start reflecting the values of the people in the middle of the country, uh, or 
you're going to see or you're going to just see more revolution and more people rioting in the ballot box or in the voting booth as opposed to the people that go out in the street and protest uh there is a silent majority out here that just have had it and that's how we landed with a reality star as our uh, our president and 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 you know maybe the media will gang up on him and shame him and run him out of office and turn him into a martyr and create something even worse than Trump in behind him because but but again i i just think eventually we're going to course correct here in america uh in and globally because uh, the things going on in america are going on in europe as well uh but again i i'm betting on the middle of the country Outstanding stuff as always. One of the reasons we're the smartest show in Sports Talk Radio. Guys like Jason Whitlock hopping on. I am Clay Travis. Final segment of the show. Call of the Week comes up. We finish strong here on Fox Sports Radio. Spectacular week of OutKick. Spectacular show today. Go download the podcast. Ice Cube and Jason Whitlock, both fantastic. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Final segment of Friday, we have the call of the week, and this week it is Robert in San Bernardino. And now, I would say I can amp my boobs to look double D. It's your caller. I'm not a racist pig like you. Of the alpha disc was still heard. The wig. I have no comment on any of that. Bye bye. Robert in San Bernardino. Robert's the guy who did the interview inside of a locker room of a naked man while he was working out. One of the best interviews and calls we've had on the show so far. Uh, Robert, what's up? Clay, how you doing, brother? I'm excellent. How's life? Uh, well, life life is pretty good until you bring up uh, awkward photos. So I always tell my wife how hot I think her mother is, you know, one, because I'm like, oh, you're going to look like your mother just to make her feel good and, and, and just to make her feel good. Anyway, anyway, we take this family photo and the idiot photographer says one, two, and they snapped. And I'm thinking they're going to go to three. But no, just as they're counting one, two, I'm checking out my mother-in-law's rack because she's like <laughs> off in front of me to the left-hand side. And clear as day, you know exactly what I'm looking at. And, of course, that's the picture that comes through. And I'm at my mother-in-law's house with my wife. And everybody's <laughs> looking at this picture. And then all I hear is my father-in-law go, what the hell is the idiot looking at? And I was like, oh, that's me. So you got an awkward family photo taken checking out your mother-in-law's cleavage. 100% red-handed. Does your, mother, does your mother-in-law have better boobs than your wife? Oh my Are God. they fake? My mother-in-law's rack is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're huge. I lo- yeah, absolutely. But, the, you know, that that's is, between uh, you and me. Don't, uh, just, don't yeah, just, just between me and Robert. Nobody else is going to hear about it. Whatever you do, don't get caught looking at your mother-in-law's boobs this weekend. Don't get hit by a train. Got two lessons for you. Two two hopes for the weekend. Don't get hit by a train because eventually the NHTSA or whatever the heck it is is going to come back to me and they're going to say, Clay Travis, we're paying you lots of money to tell people not to get hit by trains and people keep hitting hit by trains. We got to lower the number of people getting hit by trains. It's a dream. I have a dream. 
People are not going to get hit dry trains as frequently. And also, don't get caught staring at your mom's boobs, uh, your mother-in-law's boobs. Your mom's boobs, that's, a, that's a weird, unless you're a baby and you need to breastfeed. That's a weird behavior. Jason Martin, uh, Danny G, incredible week of show uh, of shows this week. I mean, just fantastic. I can't imagine anybody can be more entertaining, smarter, more original. Uh, great work all around. Make sure that you go download the podcast. Ice Cube was incredible an hour or two. Uh, and again, if you enjoy our guests, I always say this because it matters. Because I used to go on before I had a, a show when I was just writing. I would go on radio shows everywhere. And the, th- the feedback that I would get on social media when I went on shows was one of the reasons why I would go back on those shows. So if you like our guests, if you enjoyed them coming on, whether it's Ice Cube, who's a huge superstar, I guarantee you that his social media people have noticed that hundreds of you have taken the time to go on today and react to what he said on this show, most of them in a positive way. They notice that kind of thing. And I know Jason Whitlock because he said the last time he came on the show at the Super Bowl, you guys gave him more feedback than any radio show he's ever been on before. That's how many people are listening, but that's also a sign of how engaged you are. So when you find our listeners, uh, when you find our guests, everybody else out there, go tell them how much you enjoyed him being on. That's the best thing you can do for this show. Get rich this weekend. I hope I hope that we know where, the, where Tony Romo is going to go, and I hope that you took 40-1 to 1 on the Texans because the odds have plummeted ever since they got rid of Brock Osweiler. Money to be made there. I gave you two picks in the conference basketball tournaments. I said Vanderbilt to win at 20 to 1. I said George Washington to win at 20 to 1. Both of them won their first games. 20 to 1 payout, 100 buck bet turns into 2 grand. I got 300 bucks down at 40 to 1 on the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl, pays me off at 12 grand. We'll have a party. A lot of strippers going to college if I win that bet. All free money. I am Clay Travis. You guys have been fantastic and phenomenal. Jason Martin, great week of shows. Don't you think? We did. We basically knocked it out of the park here. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This is why we signed up to do this. All the reaction from you guys all week via the phone calls, via social media, been absolutely outstanding. Even when you're in a dead period and sometimes the story's a little bit harder to come by, I think that's when we're really in our element and it's been a lot of fun. This has been a great week of shows. It really has. Sirius XM, Channel 83, 250 affiliate stations nationwide, as well as now the podcast. Go download it, Outkick the Coverage. I'm Clay Travis for Danny G, Robert, for Jason Martin. This has been Outkick the Coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.